Thank you, Jesus. This is such a wonderful day, right? We are already receiving. Amen. Things are already shifting. How many of you believe that? If you're going back today to your houses, things will not be the same. Amen. If, if you saw some, somebody who's already sick, you want to see them healed. Amen. Because this is not just a conference and it's not because Bangalore didn't have wonderful halls that uh, dad decided to do it here. It's for a particular purpose, right? And, and Mumbai, we are so excited that things will never be the same. Already 2022 is different. We have seen something crazy, something amazing happening in our lives. And it's just the beginning, right? It's just the beginning. So, so before I get into the word, I've been praying and, and uh, right from the start of this year, uh, Holy Spirit has been speaking to us uh, in very specific ways. Uh, and uh, most importantly, uh, the Holy Spirit is reminding us, all of us here, to not consider the insignificant things in your life. The small beginnings that the Lord has already initiated. Don't discard it. The small beginnings that the Lord has already started it might be your prayer life. You might feel that you don't do the biggest of prayers or uh, there is issues related to consistency. But if God has allowed you to start somewhere, don't ignore these small beginnings. I think we are all here uh, who prays for more than 12 hours. <laughs> no, right? So there are inconsistencies. But the Holy Spirit is reminding us if there is even a bit of beginnings that, that is different from 2021. Start cherishing it. Amen? Start cherishing it. Start valuing it. Start nurturing it. Because in the Bible, when we uh, read in the book of Ruth, towards the end, uh, you would see that Naomi, she picked up a baby. And the Bible goes on to say that she nurtured the baby. What she did? She nurtured the baby. And who was this baby? It was Obed, the father of Jesse, the father of David. Not just a normal David, one of the greatest of kings in the history. So what Naomi was nurturing was actually the great-grandfather of King David. She didn't realize that. She never knew that or this, this guy is going to birth Jesse and then there will be a king that's going to come from this land. But she said, I'm going to nurture this. I'm going to nurture these small beginnings. I'm going to nurture this small fire that the Holy Spirit has placed in my church. In my family, even though I am all alone, I'm still going to value this. Because I know, even if I am alive, I don't think Naomi was alive when David was the king. But, but that nurture, the Holy Spirit very specifically mentioned, she nurtured it. I think our mentality and our mindset towards these small beginnings matters a lot. And I'm sure what that did, it might look insignificant in the eyes of many conferences. But this is the beginning of kings. This is the beginning of kings. Amen. Something similar happened when uh, Moses was born. The Levi parents, 
when they saw Moses, every baby was been killed, right? You know the story. I don't need to tell you the story. But, but when the mother of Moses lifted the baby, you know what the Bible says? She looked at the baby and said, this is a fine child. She didn't say he's crying. She didn't say because of him, we are going to be killed. But she hid the baby because she knew that this is a fine child. He didn't part any seas then. He didn't do anything extraordinary. He was just like any other child. But the mother of Moses said, this is a fine child. Can you look into those insignificant moments and say, this is fine moment. This is fine. I think it's time to declare. Look into your families. Look into your churches. Look into your ministries. Look into your businesses. Look into your children's life and say, he or she or it is a fine thing. Because you might not be alive, but it's going to come out the way you declare today. You might not see that happening, but if you believe and declare it, I tell you, it's going to happen. And I'm sure 2022 will end with we seeing these things happening. So I was asking the Lord, Lord, teach me more. Where are the other, other, other events in Bible wherein this insignificant things. They didn't know what's happening, but where did it all happen, Lord? Please teach me. The Lord said, look into your life. And I was like, yes. Uh, I have my wife sitting here. We had, in two years back, we had a moment where she, doctor said she would just live. And the chances of her survival is 0.5%. That was insignificant, right? But then, when the army stood with me to pray. That 0.5% is now 100%. That 0.5% is now sitting there and praising God. There was a moment in our church when she was in the ICU. The Holy Spirit asked us to start praying. And we had fasting prayers in our church. And then on 26th of January, we had a declaration ceremony, a service. And she was in, she was in the house. And when I was showing her the video, she was not able to lift her hand. But that changed. Why? Because God is a God who would preserve the insignificant. So today, we're going to deal something about prayer. Because this is something that the R, because that's the incubator. Prayer is the incubator that will show exponential growth in the insignificant that you have. So first you need to identify what are these insignificant things and we're going to drag that into the incubator of prayer. This is our season. That's why dad has decided that we're going to do and he told me that prayer. And I was so excited because something really happened in our life wherein our messages which we were preparing, the Holy Spirit just 
turned it away and said, it's a season of prayer. You just have to speak on prayer. So this insignificant thing, the little thing, we're going to what? We're going to drag into the house of prayer. We're going to incubate it. We're going to incubate it so that it flourishes out. We're going to incubate it so that it flourishes out. Can we just close our eyes? Rabba shekhere antamana. Ribrona mana kashatiri niriya. Father, there are things that we wanted to change. We've been trying for years together, but we have not seen it break a certain limit. Ramanashi. We have tried the most wonderful thing, but it's still not breaking, Lord. I see that the Holy Spirit is dragging those issues right into the incubator. Father, there are things that we're going to see it break right after this conference. Today we want to declare, Lord, that what we are holding is fine. What we are connecting is fine. What we are hosting in our church is fine. What we are developing in our church, in our ministries, it's fine, Lord. Ramanash. Garutuna uthaye to konu uthaye Yeshu. Garutuna sambhale to konu sambhale Yeshu. Mera to tuhi sahara hai. In hato ko tune. Yeshu gar tu na sambhale to kon sambhale yeshu mera to tu hi sahara hai in haato ko tu ne ithama hai mera to tu hi different things on prayer first is 
praying on behalf of our family. So as leaders, the first thing that the Holy Spirit reminded for this morning service is that we need to pray for our families on their behalf. That's one thing. And second is, we need to pray for the fulfillment of prophecies over our life. First thing is that we're going to pray on behalf of our family. And second thing, we're going to pray for the fulfillment of prophecies over us. And the third thing, we're going to pray for victory in our battles. So first, we're going to pray on behalf of family. Then we're going to pray for our nation, for our families, for the prophecies that the Lord gave us. And we're going to pray for victory in our individual battles. So these three things we're going to uh, pick. And then uh, if time permits, we'll conclude it. All right. So first, when we read in Genesis chapter 25 verses 21, that's a beautiful uh, scripture. I would share the importance of praying on behalf of our family. So uh, it's a very known portion about Isaac praying for his wife, Rebecca. I'll just read it out for you. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer and his wife became pregnant. So this Isaac is not a normal guy, right? He is the son of Abraham. And God spoke to Abraham and said that through Isaac, I'm going to bless and you'll have offspring as the suns, as the stars and as the sand, right? So this is the same Isaac who has a massive prophecy. Or he is by choice or not by his choice, but destined to have an offspring. His wife, I think the day they married, they would have you know, been pregnant because the prophecy is such big. God himself came down and told him. God himself held hands of Abraham and said, look, 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 this would be your offspring. But you see that this Isaac is praying for his wife. Just because you have a man of God, just because you have huge amount of tons load of prophecy, doesn't mean that it's going to come that easy. Concerning your family. Because that's the struggle that leaders face. We see revival whenever we go. But then it's difficult in our family. We see breakthroughs happening when we pray. But in our family, we are struggling. In our family, we don't have what God has already promised. So as leaders, the first thing that we do is, we say, in revival demons, I'm going to see a breakthrough in my family. Because there is a prophecy that I'm backed up with. There is a promise from God that I'm backed up with. And I'm going, not going to let 2022 go without the promises getting fulfilled in my family. Amen. So what did Isaac did? He went and prayed. He brought the prayers, the promises into the incubator of prayer. And as soon as he brought this, what do you see? God answered the prayer. So God was waiting. When will this guy realize that he need to pray? 
God is waiting on us. Listen, when is he going to come into the incubator? Because otherwise it will be easy for him. He'll think it is, own, it is his own efforts. But here when Isaac got into the incubator and said, Lord, I pray on behalf of my wife. He answered. He answered. And the best thing is what? When she was pregnant, the baby was in her womb and she was having trouble. Verse 22 says, so she went to inquire to the Lord. So the first thing was Isaac went into the incubator. And the prayer was answered. The family back, came back into the incubator. So she inquired of the Lord. So this is the process that we need to adapt in our life as leaders. We need to get into the incubator. You can't say that your spouse is not getting into the incubator. You can't say that your family is drifting away from the Lord. You can't say that your brother is drifting away from the Lord. If you decide to get in, they'll come along. If you decide to say, I'm going to pray on behalf. I'm going to intercede on behalf. There will be a day where he or she will inquire directly to the Lord. So we're going to pray. Lord, in my families, I can identify at least three different people whom I want them to be in the incubator with me. The next thing is praying for the fulfillment of prophecies. Let's read a scripture portion. Daniel chapter 9. Verses 2 and 3. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet. The, the intensity of prophecy is what? It's given to Jeremiah. The major prophet, if you can call that way, right? It's given to Jeremiah that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So when Daniel was reading scripture, he came to know, and he's reading scripture in Babylon. That's the context, right? He is in the captivity for that 70 years. And when he read the scripture, he came across the book of Jeremiah. And then he read that Jeremiah the prophet has long declared that the desolation or the captivity will last after 70 years. So when he read this, Daniel calculated. And then he realized that we are almost towards the end of 70 years. So Daniel just went and logged into Netflix. <laughs> because it is a major prophet that is prophesied, right? So it has to happen. I have had people who told me, oh, Pastor prophesy didn't happen, he's a wrong prophet. <laughs> In that way, if this wouldn't have happened, Jeremiah would have been the, yeah, he would have been a false prophet. So when Daniel realized that there is this prophecy over the entire captive people in Babylon. What did he do? So I turned to the Lord God 
and pleaded with him in prayer and petition. Come on. This is Daniel. And the angel Michael or Mikhail or comes and speaks to him. You are highly esteemed. In? Not in the society. Not in your company. But in heaven. And this guy is interpreting the prophecy. This guy is reading that 70 years, we are going to get out of this place. But when he realized that the prophecy is there and when he calculated the time, he realized that it is time for him to move out. And he turned to the Lord, pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and in ashes. A list is given, right? A list is given. But you know what, what happened there? The answer didn't come. The highly esteemed guy praying for a prophecy by a major prophet and not praying random prayers, five minute prayers in sackcloth and ashes. But for 21 days, there is no answer. You read that, I'll just read it out for you. Uh, Daniel 10 verses 12 and 13. Then he continued. Who continued? This is, yeah, he continued his prayer. Do not be afraid, Daniel. This is the angel saying to Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. So when he prayed, that I need to have understanding, Lord. When he prayed based on the verse, the prophecy of Jeremiah, the angel says, I had already come the first day. 13th verse. But the prince of Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. Now you tell me that your prophecy will come that easy. The angel of the Lord, in that scripture it says, a word was sent out, meaning Mikhail was in the presence of God. And God answered and he saw a word flashing out from the kingdom of heaven. But that was stopped by the king of Persia for 21 days. So I think there is a protocol in heaven. So a minimum prayer should be 21 days. Right? We are done with three days. We are done with 30 minutes. But here you see, see, this is what is pricking me. Highly esteemed guy. Prophecy backed up by Jeremiah. Still had to pray for 21 days in sackcloth. So that what? The answer which was already released from heaven. It is not because it is far. It is because it is resilient. There is this resilience and that's why we need to drag the prophecies into the incubator. Why do we need to drag these prophecies into the incubator? Because there is resilience in the area that we cannot see from earth. And then Mikhail had to come get into a fight. 
and then deliver that message and get it to Daniel. So now let's decide, should we get these prophecies as easy and say, let's go to sleep or we engage in a warfare? Because as leaders, these prophecies is for us to liberate ourselves. Certain prophecies in our life, if it happens, then we will have multiple passports. Certain prophecies, if it happens, then there will be no business. Even in the banking sector, we will have people. I was hearing uh, our papa, uh, Pastor Shaiju Matthew, that we'll have schools. So the prophecy is already released. Is there anyone in Revival Dreamers who would say, I would be the founder of a school? It's a prophecy by our prophet, right? Can we think of having our own bank? So that's why this prophecy, we need to receive it in the eyes of God. Now I ask you, how many of you are ready for a school? Come on. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. I used to pray, you know, my spiritual father's father had minds. I used to pray, Lord, I need minds. And we are in February going to search for a place for mining. I never knew this is going to happen. But just when I realized that it is possible, it means it is possible. You need to look beyond. You need to look beyond. Because in your perspective, it is huge. In your perspective, banking is huge. In your perspective, schools are huge. In your perspective, mining is huge. But in his perspective, they are all So prophecy, we're going to pray for prophecies. So these words that we just declared over each ourselves, it is prophecy, right? What we're going to do now? We're going to drag these words into the incubator. For the next 30 seconds, let's just declare it over ourselves, Lord. Enough other days where we are meeting end to end. The God who created wealth on earth, God who created the richest in this earth is our God too. Father, these prophecies, what you have declared over our families and over our businesses and over our churches and over our lives, we're going to drag it, we're going to inspire it, pull it into the incubator today, Lord. The least among us. Can I say this? The least among us will have at least a couple of bungalows. These are not there in my notes. I didn't think of this. But the least, the maximum is your capacity and your association with him. 
Amen? So, we are going to, this is, this is not over. The incubator thing is not. You have to write it down and every night you have to put it into the incubator. You have to be with that. Someone would say, Pastor, money is a problem. Okay, let me say, I'll arrange two crores. Do you have a plan? So money is not the problem. Plan and perspective is your problem. You don't plan it. So plan. So when I say prophecy, you have to plan. Get that plan blueprint into the incubator. It's not easy. Right? Huh, pastor said, revival dreamers may ho jayega do banglo. Nahi mila, ho galat admi tha. Nahi. This is not how it works. You have a plan. Heaven backs it up. There are projects that I have undercoated. God said no more profits, undercoated. But I have taken out the same profit that I would have taken out otherwise. So management is something that we need to learn on our own. Even if you have done a mistake in assessing, God proved that he is a better father. The words he told in 2018, he is a better father. Because I realized when I goofed up, you know, during my engineering days, my dad used to come and help me, said, it's okay. And he used to take blame and he used to arrange funds and do the job for me. Exactly that happened. Not bluffing, I can show you. Nay possible, Pastor. Possible hair. Possible hair. So the prophecies get it into the incubator. So, first was families on behalf of our families. Second one was the prophecies, right? Prophecies getting into the incubator. Third thing, very important thing, which we have discussed in our Sunday service. This just blew my mind and I couldn't preach then. I hope I can preach now. Praying for victory in your individual and corporate battles. As leaders, no matter how much of friends covering support system you have. There are battles that you need to fight alone. There are battles that are specifically designed for you. Right? Uh, many, many can relate to that. So these battles cannot be tugged. Well then I said, bouncer, you cannot do this. You have to face it. And I'll introduce you to a guy named Hezekiah in the Bible. Two times he prayed. The first prayer was, uh, let's read 2 Kings chapter 19 verses 14 and 15. Hezekiah received the letter from the messenger. So there is this king called Sennacherib who is the king of Asaria. And Hezekiah is the king of Judah, the kingdom of Judah. So this Sennacherib, what he did... <coughs> He sent a letter to Hezekiah. And if you read those letters, that was an insult to the God of Israel, God of Judah. He says that, Sennacherib says that I have defeated so and so kingdoms. And their gods couldn't protect them. That was the 
letter. And he says, don't fool yourself by thinking that your God will protect you from me. This was the letter. And Hezekiah is by far the best kings after David. Like he did everything perfect in the eyes of God. Just that he didn't produce a good manashe. But everything else was perfect. And what was the response of Hezekiah? Hezekiah received the letter from Sennacherib saying that I'm going to destroy you. And King Hezekiah then went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it before the, the Lord. What did he do? He didn't draft a reply. He didn't have a team meeting. He didn't say it's because of your lack that this guy is sending me a letter. He didn't say, come, let's all go to the temple of God. He said, this letter is addressed to my God and me. I'm going to take it into the presence of God. I'm going to spread it. So that's the assignment. There are battles that is against us. We can't expect our spouse to pray for that. It's good that they can join. But it is your prayer. Because it is addressed to you. It is you who is going to spread it in the presence of God. It is you who is going to say, Lord, this is the report that has come against me. I'm not going to ask my pastor to do that. He'll do it. But it is you who is going to do it. As leaders, it is you who is going to spread it across in the presence of God. And when Hezekiah spread it before the Lord, not even for a second he thought about a war. If you read down the line, the angel of the Lord, one angel, came down, killed 1,85,000 of the Assyrians. And what was Hezekiah doing? He spread it in the presence of God. He didn't strategize. Strategy is good. But some battles don't require strategies. Some battles require you to take those plans into the incubator. You know, there was this one vision that the Lord gave me. And I was so surprised that Papa spoke about this Sunday, about Joshua. So this is what the Lord showed me. So our church wall, I was planning for a painting right like this. And I was thinking about it and I slept. And in my dream, I saw this, that in the top corner, there is somebody like Moses. I'm assuming that's Moses. It has to be Moses. And then Aaron and Hur lifting the hands right at this corner. And it's all bright there. And right here at the end, from here to here, there is Joshua standing. And in one hand, Joshua is holding the staff of Moses in the left hand and is pointing towards the enemy. And in the right hand, he is removed a sword. He's ready for battle. But the surprising part was, behind him was a battalion of army, but none of them were humans. They were all angels. Angels under the direction of Joshua. So this is what our churches are meant for. 
This is what Hezekiah prayed. An angel came down. So when you spread it across in the presence of God, he would give you the stuff. You are ready with your authority and with your action. But the war is done by whom? The angels. The fighting is done by whom? The angels. But the direction is given by whom? The direction is given by us. The work is done by whom? Angels. So this is the third thing. As leaders, wars that is against us, we don't fight it in the physical, but we drag it into the incubator and say, this is the plan that the enemy has sketched, Lord. This is the layout of my city, Lord. And this is the high points, Lord. These are the points. Our cities should be known by our churches. Let's get this plan into the incubator. And let's have the staff of Moses and his sword. Right? So these three things, this is just prayer. I'm not preaching. We are praying, right? So one important thing that we're going to quickly understand about prayer. So prayer is, okay, speaking, everything is there. But when Jesus was asked, teach us to pray. There was this wonderful illustration Jesus gave, which actually helped me to realize that prayer is something different. So when the disciples asked Jesus, please teach us to pray, uh, he listed out those beautiful three lines. Right? And after that, when Jesus saw that they wanted more, Jesus said, consider that there, are, there is a friend. You, you've read that, right? Okay, it's in Luke chapter 11. Suppose a friend who is coming from far off and he is hungry and he comes to an XYZ friend. So this XYZ friend will come to another friend and knock the door because this friend who is sleeping inside will have food. So Jesus is illustrating with an example. Like, one friend, two friend, three friend. One friend comes from far. Second friend has no food. So second friend goes to the third friend because he has food. And Jesus says that the guy who is having food inside would say, my kids are sleeping. I can't get up. But the guy who is outside is Beshram. He knocks, knocks, knocks. And because of his shameless audacity is what the scripture says. That this guy who is sleeping inside would open and give everything he has. And it's prayer, right? We've been doing that. Like knocking, 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 knocking. Till the time it doesn't come to us, we knock. Right? So here, this is not, this, we know it. That we knock and Jesus says that ask and you will receive. You know, knock and it will be opened. But in that, Holy Spirit very beautifully mentions about another important thing. Verse number 11. It says, which of you fathers, 
If your son asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake instead. So from friends, Jesus shifts the gear and says, Father and son. Now just rewind the story. This guy who is sleeping inside is having kids. If these kids are hungry and they need food, what will they do? Will they go out and knock the door? Because they are his sons and daughters. They don't need to go out and knock till he opens. In fact, they don't need to even ask. When it's lunchtime, he'll give food. So that's the explanation of prayer. If you realize your identity, that you are his son. And then when you are in close proximity with him, they were sleeping beside him, right? And then when you are close proximity with him, the days of knocking is over. He feeds as per your need. Just imagine this guy says, Daddy, I need to start a business. He will not say, go out, knock, and I will give. What he will say? Yes, let's do it together. That's the interpretation of prayer. When Hezekiah prayed, when he was ill, second sin, I missed it. He cried and asked the Lord for a healing. And Isaiah the prophet came and prophesied that he's going to die. Good prophet, very sharp. And as soon as Isaiah went out, heaven said, I heard your prayers and I saw your matlab kya Hezekiah jab pratna kar raha tha swarg uske kareeb tha swarg ne dekha the heaven saw that he is crying heaven heard his voice so Hezekiah thought he was alone but no he was with heaven so when you pray you are with the father you are with his presence that's why it is easy for men of God to do business. It is easy for men of God to plan better. Because you are in close proximity with the creator himself. But we have been fooled by this. If I preach and if it's online, there's a legion prosperity preacher. We have been fooled by this. You know, uh, with the black lights and all those things in our church, it's already, <laughs> it's already we are in the heat list. <laughs> okay, so what I'm trying to say, we are the best candidates because we are so near to the creator. Who will use this for the kingdom of God? Amen. Let's close in prayer. Let's drag all these to the incubator. And do a prayer understanding that we are his sons and daughters. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this beautiful time, Lord. Ramana, Shekhe, Re, Tere, Yantama. Father, there are families that we are driving 
into the incubator. And we're going to pray on behalf of them, Lord. We are dragging these prophecies into the incubator. We are, we are pulling these prophecies right now in the spirit. We are pulling these prophecies into the incubator. One by one, one by one, one by one. We are putting it into the incubator, Lord. And the schemes that the enemy has thrown at us, we are taking it and putting it in the presence. We are taking it one by one against our church, against our families, against our ministry, against our business, against our health, everything. We're going to pick one by one. We're going to pick one by one and put it in your presence. And we're going to spread it across. And we're going to see that the angels are at war. One day we will get up and we'll see that Sennacherib and his Assyrian troops are running away. You know the death of Sennacherib? His kids killed him. The guy who threatened that your God won't protect you. His God couldn't protect him from his kids. And he died. But Hezekiah, the second time when he prayed, got 15 years of extension. You would read that scripture. That's crazy. God proved that you can get back your time. You know the story, right? God turned the sun 10 steps behind. Reversing the time for you. If you can get in with your prophecies into the incubator, He can reverse it for us. Heavenly Father, we seize this moment in spirit. We knock the doors of heavens today and we claim these prophecies to be ours. We thank you because you have heard our prayers. We thank you because the Holy Spirit has sealed on every person that is here, Lord. We thank you for your grace. In Jesus' most awesome name we pray. Amen.